Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Hi and welcome to the Wildlife Tribe podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All with me, Kat. And today Liberty isn't here, but I am here with the lovely Laura Coleman. Welcome, Laura. Hello, thank you for having me. How are you today? I'm good, I'm good. It feels definitely feels like life is starting to get busy again now. Now we're coming closer out of lockdown. Yeah, I mean, towns are very busy at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, definitely feels like, and I feel like there's more things starting to come online. So yeah, it's interesting to see how it all goes. I actually walked past a pub today, um, funny enough. And I naturally assume like in the week, they're not very busy, but this pub was obviously people had booked in <laughs> and people were drinking like on a day that they probably wouldn't normally because this local pub near me is um, something that is usually busy in the evening, but never in the daytime. So I think people are just starting to sort of get out aren't they mm. it's a bit of a it's a bit of a it's funny it's a change and it I think I was saying to you earlier it's a bit kind of what what's the sense of feeling on wearing masks out and stuff at the moment um, yeah and it feels yeah it definitely feels like everyone's got very different comfort levels and I think yeah we'll, we will we'll all have to adjust to I hate the word the new normal but it is kind of it is an adjustment you sort of forget and then you get reminded again yeah, definitely. And I think actually, like we're talking about the new normal, do you want to explain to everybody what it is that you do? Sure. Well, um, I run a company called Be Modern Meditation. And basically, I help people to go from being stressed and overwhelmed to having clarity and calm so that they can create a life that they love. And I, my ninja skill is using meditation and helping people, helping to make it attainable and accessible for people. Uh, because meditation is one of those topics that often people can feel like it's just not going to, it doesn't quite work for them. And, um, and I love to turn that around for them and achieve, you know, they, they achieve massive change in their lives uh, just through that simple process of closing their eyes. And so uh, it's funny, isn't it, with meditation? I absolutely love it. Um, and I've been using it for the last five years because I find it very relaxing. I find that when I do it, I'm much more creative afterwards. Um, but funny enough, on our team, Dina, who works with me, she wasn't, she was always sitting on the fence with it until that you, you joined our tribe actually. And, and all of a sudden she was just like, no, I feel like Laura makes it really normal, really. I don't feel like, you know, like a bit of an imposter with it. I, you know, you really sort of lifted that, which is why I wanted to talk to you today actually, because I still talk to a lot of people who are slightly unsure about it and what it does for them. Mm. And I think well, where I, lid on yeah. that for us, that would be great because one of the biggest cynics is my husband. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I love, they're my favorite. I love the fidgety skeptics, you know, the ones who've, who've thought, nah, this isn't for me. And actually the best place that I find to start often is, is actually just with the science of what it's doing. Um, first of all, with stress and how you process stress, because fundamentally what you do with meditation is you actually change the way you experience stress so that rather than it being one continuous uh, band of chronic stress, you just break that stress up so that it has less impact on your body and your nervous system. And then obviously that knock on to your emotional regulation and the way that you feel. So I tend to start with that because it's factual it's we can really all understand how stress impacts <laughs> that's one thing we're all specialists in is stress yeah and uh, yeah and so and and having really simple simple techniques that you can use instantly in your life for me that's that's one of the ways that it goes from being in the too hard basket to actually maybe I can make this happen um, so I don't need for me it's about not needing to have a special cushion and a special candle and it's like actually this can be like brushing your teeth it's just something that you do in your day and it becomes really it is it is like like Dina said it's about normalizing it so can you tell us how you got started in meditation yeah so it all started um I suppose the real moment started was seven years ago I sat down and I wrote in my journal 
And at that point, I wasn't really a journal writer, I have to say, but I wrote this one day, I sat down, and I wrote in my journal the words, I am nothing. And it, I felt those words really deeply. And it was a real jolt to my system. Now, at the time, we were living overseas um, in Melbourne, Australia. And, um, you know, on the surface, out to the outside world, we everything was great. You know, I, I wouldn't have come across as somebody that was struggling. Uh, I'd left behind my corporate background to to move overseas with the family I had two young children and so I was staying at home and I really just lost my identity through that and you know our children you know well ironically as I was getting everybody else settled in our new life and getting organized I, I realized that I was developing anxiety and depression and and really each day was quite a struggle um as I said, on the outside, I was project managing a house build. I was volunteering for a charity. I was really involved at school. I was really sociable. So if you'd met me back then, you wouldn't have thought I was struggling because actually I put a lot of energy into looking like I wasn't. Um, You're taking on actually, a lot, though, weren't you? Yeah, and I think, I don't know if, I think sometimes when we are struggling, it's like we we take on more, we get try and keep, we get more busy um, to kind of, almost get away from the difficult feelings and but it just obviously then becomes a cycle of getting harder and harder to cope with um and so when I wrote those words it was really a, a real jolt actually of of I don't suppose a call to action of you know either either it was true and you know how awful that that was how that was who I was was nothing or that it wasn't true and you know how awful that I felt that way so either way I felt like I need to do something and I I didn't really know what that looked like. I didn't know what to do. Um, and I think, I suppose this sometimes happens once you almost set that, that intention that you're going to make change. I then stumbled across the things that I needed and meditation came up for me. And, and it had been something on my to-do list for a long time of, you know, maybe that will help me, but I didn't know how. And I came across um, just a, a short course and it, it started when, as soon as I started meditating, I started to experience changes and it wasn't a magic bullet and it wasn't like the only thing I did, but it became the scaffolding. So it was almost, it changed the way I experienced things and it changed the way I thought about things so that I actually had the, I actually had a very different way of dealing with things. And, and then I was then able to start tuning into what, what was what I needed to do. So I then went on to study psychology and mindfulness and it kind of was almost like following the breadcrumbs really of like wanting to then help other people um and so did you study while you had children yes yeah i did yeah um with uh, monash university they had an online uh, it was like a degree online um it was a graduate diploma it was very intense and it was very challenging uh, <laughs> to say the least and it was you know but it but it felt like the right thing to do. But what I then discovered was, you know, because I thought actually maybe I wanted to be a psychologist and I was doing really well and achieving really good results in my psychology. And then, but I realized that, you know, I started to feel like this isn't taking me in the right direction because actually as I studied more around things like positive psychology um, and acceptance commitment therapy, which is a, an offshoot of positive psychology, I thought, you know what, actually this is what I want to do. I want to help people to be well I don't want a lot of psychology felt like um, it was about pathologizing normal human experience and so I became fascinated okay so what does a good human experience look like you know what does it look like to create a rich and meaningful life and I suppose sometimes we are accumulating breadcrumbs for a, a, something that we don't know what we're going to be baking with it if you like yeah. and when we came back to the UK um, um, when did we come back to that December 2017 I had all the pieces of this puzzle and I didn't know and I knew I had this desire to help people and um, and then it all kind of came together and and so the meditation became the foundation of of um, the program that I've created but incorporated within that is the psychology and the neuroscience and the um, some of the principles of acceptance commitment therapy to really give people a framework that fundamentally just changes how they can experience their life so they can make a life that's meaningful. Yeah, I think in particular at the moment in lockdown, it's been really hard on people, hasn't it? Um, you know, we're all living together pretty closely. Um, you, know, for, um, you know, And we love everybody we live with, obviously, but it's, 
it's trying to be normal. People have been working from home together in the same house. Um, and some people are out, but a lot of people aren't. So we're all still, you know, we all just face the challenge if you had children of the schooling, but then now summer's come. You know, so we're back to the same kind of spot. And I know people are booking holidays and that, but there has to be some sort of impact on people who um, haven't given themselves enough time. I mean, I certainly know a lot of people who have been working from home who um, have worked even harder actually than they have done if they were in the office. Um, and, and on speaking to people, um, helping them kind of find the time, I think, as well at home to do this, because you can go off and do this at home, can't you? Yeah, and I think that's the one of the biggest revelations I find for people is when when I work with them, whether that's, you know, in my membership community or one to one or, or just, you know, ad hoc is that it's uncovering the fact that actually this doesn't have to be um, this sort of separate thing in your life that you have to go away and you know squirrel yourself off to do it can be as simple as as creating small moments many times in your day that can actually create just as much of a shift on the dial as um you know devoting lots and lots of time and you know, even as little as five minutes a day can actually do a tremendous amount to change um, not just how you process stress but also um you know how much clarity and space you have in your mind to focus and to to know what's important and I think what I'm seeing now with people is that you know we're sort of poised to you know get back into some semblance of normality although as you say kids are now going to be on some holidays um, but it, it's almost like you know how do we hold on to that pause so that we have space to go actually well, what do I want my life to look like now so for some people I think being at home has uncovered the sense of well hang on you know do I really want to go back to that crazy busy schedule where I was, you know, doing a hundred things in a day and, you know, not necessarily feeling like I was actually happy. Um, and we have this opportunity to maybe just stop and just see what do I really want my life to look like and how can I, how can I use, how can I create the life that, that I want to be in that I don't want to escape from? Yeah, that, that in itself, um, this whole lockdown in itself has shown people that you know, stepping off the hamster wheel is, uh, you know, they've stopped to look around, haven't they? They've stopped to just go, well, I don't actually need to be there. I can do it from here. Or, you know, it's been nice having a family lunch for once, yeah. you know, all of those kind of things. Um, so when you first did meditation, can I ask, what, how did you sort of take the awkwardness away? Because that's what a lot of people find with it. Well, I guess part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now is because it was a challenge you know I, I started out learning Vedic meditation which is a type of meditation where you have a mantra and you um, you sort of repeat that mantra silently in your mind and it, it does it does feel a little bit woo-woo you know there is there is no getting away from some of the language they use and some of the you know it's very heavily you know you know you need to go to India and discover yourself you know there is a big element of that and um, and so I, it's, it can be quite off-putting. So it was quite a journey, I suppose, of, of pulling together my own um, blend of what, what, what felt resonant and relevant for me. And, you know, kind of almost putting together a toolkit that feels a bit more um, adaptive. So there's lots of different styles of meditation that I draw on with people. And I, I kind of, I suppose if I had another ninja skill, it's about actually... I can I kind of craft um, meditations for people based on what's happening. So when I'm coaching one to one, I often once once somebody's gone through my program, we often spend time kind of almost tailoring it to well, what's your exact experience right now? What do you need? Rather than them having to well, rather than or for me like having to me having to change to fit the meditation practice, it's actually how can I use the meditation practice so it fits me. Yeah. Um, like your don't one size doesn't fit all exactly as your you know as the, your title actually what work I've found that what works for one person doesn't work for the next so a bit like exercise I mean I to me the word meditation is a bit like the word exercise you know that if if I tried running and it was and I didn't like it which is my experience of running mostly um you know I wouldn't think well that's it I don't exercise I would you know maybe I'm a tiddlywink player you know or maybe I'm a you know maybe there's something out there and so it's about 
finding your unique blend that works and being really okay with that. Some people um, that I've been talking to, because I talked to a few people about it, you know, um, which is why they wanted you to come on today, actually, because they wanted to hear about it. They were saying that they struggled to um, not think for a minute, you know, like they thoughts still come into their minds. Yeah, and that's the thing, I think, with meditation, people think they have to go completely blank, but they don't, do they? No, absolutely. And, and you're right, that is, I tell you, it's probably like one of the biggest things that people say to me is, I, I tried it. I'm rubbish at it. My mind does not shut up. And, and I go, you know what, that's actually absolutely fine. Because actually, what we're doing, doing in meditation is training often is training our attention. So whenever I get distracted, my only job is to notice when my mind's wandered and come back. So the actual mind wandering is, is exactly what your mind is designed to do. It's a thinking machine. And all I have to do is notice. And sometimes you know, it doesn't matter how long you've meditated for, I still have meditations that are incredibly thought-filled and it feels like the entire meditation is me noticing coming back, like training a, a naughty puppy to come and sit on a mat. Yeah. Um, but the more we do it, the more we, the more we allow that process and almost just, it's like if I say to, what I say to you is if I say to you, um, don't think about pink elephants, like there's nothing you can do but think about pink elephants. Mm -hmm. Whereas if, and so, and it's the same as in meditation. If I sit in meditation, I go, I'm not allowed to think, I'm not allowed to think, I'm not allowed to think. All I can do is think. Yeah. Um, and almost as soon as we find a way to surrender and just go, you know, thoughts are going to come and I'm going to notice them and I'm going to come back to whatever I'm doing in this practice. Maybe it's, maybe I'm uh, focusing on my breath or maybe I'm focusing on a part of my body or maybe I'm just labeling the things that come into my awareness. As soon as I let go of, I need it to be still, I need it to be empty. It weirdly, it allows it to be still and it allows it to be empty. Um, but it's not a sign of, in the same way that if you go to the gym and you do like a real killer workout, it feels like you're gonna die in it, doesn't it? And you think, oh my God, and your muscles, your muscles complain. And you, but you don't think, well, that was a terrible workout because I really felt the pain of the workout. Um, it's, it's similar in meditation that the best meditation is sometimes the most busy feeling and you open your eyes afterwards and you realize that you know maybe you just needed to to release that thought. I like to think of it as being almost like you think of a balloon that through your day gets filled up with stress and when we meditate we're just slowly releasing that in the form of thoughts often um, and it allows us to then for example when we get to bed the balloon's not flying across the room letting all of that out we've let little bits of that tension out early so wow. thinking in meditation is not a problem it's thinking in meditation is completely normal and once you accept it's completely normal and it's okay weirdly it allows your mind to stop shoving those thoughts in your face yeah um i've got a few friends actually who um have got really high powered jobs um and i look at them and think god you could totally do with it um and i really want them to convert to it. i want them to try it um what what can i say to them because i've you know i've already kind of gone you know like i i do it <laughs> you know like yeah 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 works for me but you know and i can tell and I find it really frustrating that I that they're you know they're not listening to me. But like, um, <laughs> but I do. It's like I think we're a form smoker, isn't it? You're kind of you're trying to tell people to stop smoking, but exactly. Yeah, it, I think I think um, often for for it's interesting because I had a client once and he was saying to me that part of the problem for him was that you know if I if somebody tried to describe to him this utopian world that could exist if he wasn't so caught up in the stress that because for him the stress was almost like for him it felt like that's what made him successful was that he had this stress and he was able to you know it was almost like he drove himself through stress and that's how he and he almost like had this belief that I'm a high achiever because of my stress um, and he said you know like when you talk to me or when someone talks to me about what it would be like if I was calm or whatever it's almost like looking through a tiny keyhole at this mythical you know Alice in Wonderland place and that it's almost like it just bears so no relation to my experience that I almost I have to reject it outright because the alternative is to think what am I doing on this side of the key you know what am I doing on this side of the lock and so it's almost um, often for people who I find that who are who are in that really high powered really stressful time when that moment is right and they think you know what I'll try it it's, it is about taking really baby steps and going you know what 
when I'm on my way to work on the train, I'm just going to put my headphones in and just five minutes. Um, and, you know, just knowing that what they're doing, that's why I tend to start with the science is because when you know that actually each meditation is, is retra is, is almost, it is actually reprogramming your brain to manage stress differently. So you literally, the amygdala, which is like your alarm bell in your brain, which is almost like the scanning the horizon for the tigers, you know, when we're highly stressed and we live a highly stressful life, that's like having, it's like having a smoke alarm that's going off when the toast burns. And, you know, if you're, if, if that's going off and being triggered all the time, when you start meditating, you start down regulating that and it actually has been shown to reduce in size. So you, you then start to have, you think you'd be less triggered by stress because what your brain would have said is a danger as a trigger. Suddenly mm. it's not. And suddenly you're able, you suddenly find yourself going, oh, I would have been really triggered by that the way that person spoke to me. And now I'm, I'm not, that's interesting. Um, and then on the flip side of, of, you know, so you're down regulating that part of the brain. Um, and you're also strengthening your prefrontal cortex, which is like that brain CEO, which is that ability to emotionally regulate and to see the big picture. And they, those two things, the amygdala saying there's an emergency and the, the sort of brain CEO, which is like, hang on, chill, let's just respond rather than react. They're almost like in a tug of war most of the time. And, you know, we, we in meditation, each meditation, you're building the muscle in the prefrontal cortex you're weakening the, the muscle in the amygdala and gradually what you end up with is the scenario where you're able to focus more, you're able to make much clearer decisions and be more effective. And yeah, I think when light. you understand that that's what you're doing. Yeah. And that actually, you know, that's the science of what you're actually doing. So it's not just I'll feel relaxed and I'll be able to feel calm. It's I'm actually changing the way my brain processes things that come in so that I'm much more able to be in the upstairs of my brain rather than downstairs in the emotional part of my brain, which is very primitive and very stress-driven. Yeah. Do you find it harder to convince men to do meditation than women? Um, it's harder to get them through the door, um, but I tend to find that almost universally, once you explain, this is what's happening in your brain when you meditate, this is yeah. how you can do it really simply, and this is how it's going to change the way stress impacts you. And this is the range of health benefits you'll experience. Everything from, you know, down to a cellular level, living longer and, you know, being able to sleep better and feel more rested and focused. It kind of becomes a no brainer of, well, like, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I spend that time? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I've had room full of, I, I, you know, I think, well, some, I think some of my audiences, I, I, I did some sessions for a construction company. And, you know, you can imagine a room full of, you know, hairy ass construction guys, um, <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah. that, you know, you can imagine them being very skeptical. And of course they're, you know, they walk in the door and they're like, we're having a workshop on what? Um, and, you know, but then by the end, they're like, oh, actually, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I could probably do that on the train actually. Or, you know, and you find them sort of going, oh, actually, and it is that normalizing. And yeah, finding the possibility. Yeah, yeah. And I think for most people, you know, you, if you experience, um, how simple something can be and the the meditation practice that I start people with is one that kind of you get sort of almost a bit of feedback in your body because we start with fingertips and we really focus attention on the fingertips and what happens is when you do that when you're not moving and your eyes are closed you focus on your fingertips and they start to tingle okay um, I'm doing it now and, <laughs> yeah do you, but if you closed your eyes and in fact let's do it now so if you close your eyes and just Take your attention to the very tips of your fingers without moving them, just having them on your lap. And just after a moment, you might notice a gentle tingling. And if you don't, that's fine too, but just keep your attention just on the very tips of the fingers. And if you feel that tingling, that's your nervous system preparing your fingers for movement. And you're just tuning in. And when your attention wanders, you lose that sensation. When you come back, you can feel it again. Yeah, that's weird, isn't that? I can really. And it's literally, yeah, you can feel. And, you know, so 
for a lot of people, it almost like when they experience that, it makes you go, oh, there's something happening. Yeah, it's a good and focus, actually. That can be, yeah. yeah, and it's really, it can be a really cool, powerful way to do a body scan in a quite a different way. And I think that's probably why, you know, combining the science, the practicality, and then something you really physically feel, it's, it's just enough to push somebody into, well, you know what, maybe I can make this work. And maybe because I'm not wearing a caftan and, you know, floating around and I'm quite, you know, down to earth. Um, I think that combination <laughs> almost like desensitizes. Yeah, I know. I mean, I do like a caftan on holidays, I have to say, but, um, but you know, but it is, it is about, you know, that it doesn't have to be crystals and no, um, chakras as much as, as much as those things are amazing, but they're not for everybody. No, but it's also how you can insert it into your real life, isn't it? It's, you know, yeah. can be something inserted into it every day. I did have another question from somebody else as well who was really interested. And they said um, they're a single mum. And they were like, you know, lockdown has proved really challenging, actually, because um, A, they felt quite lonely. B, they felt that they're nonstop doing bits and pieces. And so by the time they feel like they've found time, they're quite tired. But from what I know, and obviously you know more than me, is that actually if you do try and bring in meditation somewhere in your day here, it will help you with energy, won't it? Yeah, in fact, so there's a lot of meditation research been done in a few different um, types of meditation. Transcendental meditation um, is one type of meditation where they've done lots of research. But what they've shown is that 20 minutes of meditation, which is a lot for a lot of people, is like the equivalent of four hours deep sleep if you're in a deep meditative state. So for me, I would rather I'd spend, so if I say, for example, I'm on a long journey or I'm feeling really tired and sluggish in the afternoon, I would do like a five, 10 minute meditation. And it is like a pick me up much more than if I have a nap, I feel worse. I feel kind of, yeah, and I'm usually horrible. pretty grumpy after it. Yeah, I'm usually pretty grumpy after a nap as well, in fairness. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would say that, yeah, it actually for energy levels, it's really, it can be really helpful. And also, because you are releasing stress and tension, um, like that balloon again, you know, you're letting it out. And, and over time, you release old tension as well, you know, that you're actually getting rid of stuff um, that's been in there for a while. Um, you, you tend to sleep better at night. So maybe, you know, you get to bed and you're exhausted, but you're also wired and you can't get to sleep because your nervous system is still in that kind of adrenalized state when you're meditating regularly, even just a few minutes a day, you start to find that, you know, you're not, that's not the same. You're able to get to sleep easier. You're not waking up in the night with your mind racing in the early hours of the morning. And so you wake up feeling more rested. So it becomes this real virtuous cycle where you, you know, you feel less tired. You, so you feel more able to do it, which means you feel more rested. So you're more able to do it. And it, yeah, it can be, but it, it can be, you know, that's not to diminish that it, it can be tricky to, I mean, if I liken it to, you know, if you're driving along in the fast lane in your car at like going at 90 miles an hour and you want to come off the slip road and go to the country lanes and enjoy the views and kind of have a nice country drive. But you can't just shove the handbrake on and screech across to that. You know, it takes time to you've got to slow down, change lanes, slow down again. And so you do have to kind of be patient with yourself and allow yourself to find that tricky you know that actually when you first close your eyes it is going to feel really noisy you are going to feel like you really notice how busy your mind is um but that doesn't mean it's not you're not changing lanes you are changing lanes yeah um you don't have to wait till you don't have to wait until you feel like you're on the country lanes before you're getting the benefits of slowing down yeah, that's really interesting isn't it because a lot of people complain that they're tired all the time and what you were saying about just 20 minutes meditation i didn't know that it was the equivalent of four hours sleep and I'm I can be sometimes be a terrible sleeper I'm not at the moment but I've had my, my you know had my times um so that's yeah, that is a lot of people because there is a lot of sleep meditation apps out there but you don't have yeah. to do sleep meditation at night do you to get good sleep you can do it in the daytime can't you is that true yes or? there's two types so there's different types so the type of meditation that um where you're paying attention to something on purpose so that you choose, you know, so that you can train that capacity to pay attention and you can release stress. That would be done during the day. The type of meditation that you do at night is more of a, a relaxation type. So if I lie down in my bed, I listen to, and there is one, I, I, I use Insight Timer 
um, some of my meditations are on there. And I, I listen to, there's a guy called Kenneth. Kenneth sort of, he's like, hello, I am Kenneth. And I listen to him sometimes <laughs> if I want to get to sleep. If my husband's away, I'll put Kenneth. I'll take Kenneth to bed with me. <laughs> he doesn't know about Kenneth. Um, but he, you know, that's different because that really is about relaxation. It's what is more traditionally what you'd think of that it's about progressive relaxation. It's about preparing myself for getting to sleep. So also hugely valuable. But um, it's the type of meditation that you would do, you know, as your practice is not that. So, you know, your, if you want to train your mind to experience things differently, that would be more of a focused attention or an open awareness practice where you're, you're sort of, I like, it's almost like another analogy I use often is like a sushi train that, you know, that your that the way you practice meditation, it's, it's about your relationship to the things going past you on the sushi train that you're working with. So, you know, if you were, if you're being really mindless, you know, the opposite of, of being mindful and, and meditative, if you're being really mindless, you know, like the, I love, I love those sushi trains. It'd be like you were just grabbing any old bowl. You weren't really paying attention and you just end up with a big stack of bowls and a really full stomach. Um, but then with meditation, what we start to do. Yeah. Bit, well, I'd be like me in fairness. Um, but you, you, the way you relate to the things going past is depends on the different meditation styles. So, um, a focus attention practice you might be focusing on something and you're just trying to ignore the stuff going past the sushi train so the sushi train you know the things going past on the sushi train is the things going through your mind um, and you just ignore them and that's a focused attention practice or you might do a practice where you are really paying attention to the things going past like mindfulness where you go oh look prawn nigiri that's interesting I wonder why that's going past oh oh look there's some seaweed you know and you really pay attention to the things that come up in your mind yeah um, or um, an open awareness practice you might um, as the things go past you're just labeling it as it's just sushi 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 and just training yourself not to react so our, our, our sort of default is to want to react and want to grab the things or want to push away the ones we don't like but instead we're learning to just have this different relationship with the things going past us yeah that's um, um that's interesting actually the other thing about that which for me um kind of resonates is that before i started doing meditation i realized how unpresent i was actually you know yeah. like i felt like i was kind of dipping along a bit like a robot and because i was even when you're driving and you're doing the same journey every day like the school journey let's say or something journey I don't know how present, I, I don't think I was as present as I am now yeah. since doing meditation. Is that, is that true of most people? <laughs> you know, like, cause now I yeah, know. Yeah, and there was so some, some really interesting, yeah, yeah, well, cause that's the thing is, is, you know, mindfulness is a real buzzword, isn't it? Is, you know, but all people don't really know, they're not really sure what exactly is mindfulness. Um, and, and, you know, mindfulness is like a byproduct of meditation because when we train our in meditation we train ourselves to pay attention to something like whether that's whatever your practice is or well, you know when you're training your capacity to do that what starts to happen in your eyes open life is that instead of your mind wandering off into default mode you've trained it to stay where you choose so if you're driving you are more present with driving because um, actually the research shows that 48 percent of the time we're not thinking about what we're doing um, which is quite, quite scary, scary statistic. Yeah. And it was interesting the way they did the research because what they did was they had an iPhone app and um, it's quite a large study site. I think it's from Harvard and they pinged them at various times of day, basically saying, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? And how happy are you? And what they found was that, yeah, that, that uh, more than 48% of the time, people weren't thinking about what they were doing. And also they were less happy when their mind had wandered than when they were present with what they were doing, even if what they were doing wouldn't be something that they would necessarily consider pleasurable. So even if I'm cleaning the toilet, which you'd kind of think, well, actually maybe it'd be much, ha I'd be much happier if while I'm cleaning the toilet, I think about being on a beach somewhere. Actually what they found is that whenever you're present with what you're doing, you are happier. You even, even if, you know, because actually, whatever we're doing when we're really fully present even even looking at my hand if I look at my hand and really pay attention to the shapes and the lines in fact I do an exercise like this in a, a, one of my workshops where you really pay attention to your hand and it's amazing how much how absorbing something really simple can be 
Um, but it, what I love about meditation, as opposed to more sort of mindfulness-based practices, is that mindfulness happens by itself. You know, it becomes, it just becomes a byproduct. In fact, I had a client once, it was, it was really funny, she messaged me, and she's a TV producer in London, really crazy life, also developing properties and young children. I mean, you know, she really had crazy life and she was working with me one-to-one. And she messaged me to say that she'd gone to this cafe. She goes to this cafe at least once a week and she just works in this cafe, you know, just on her, on her kind of route. And she said she got there and she was like, oh, wow, you know, they've, look at the floor. They've changed the flooring. And she's like, oh, they've changed the lights. And so she spoke to them and she's like, oh, wow, I love what you've done. And the woman kind of looked at her a bit funny and said, we did that a year ago. And she was like, oh, my God. She had just been so not present that she had completely not noticed. And she said it was like she suddenly realized that those kinds of moments were happening to her more and more where she was stood on a train platform and really stood on the train platform, you know, that she was in the shower and she was actually in the shower. And she admitted that sometimes she before she would have forgotten whether she'd in the shower and she'd have forgotten if she'd actually washed her hair or not because she couldn't remember if she'd shampooed it because she was so not there and that just really shifted and the ripple of that is huge in terms of how you have relationships with people and how you start to decide well what does make me happy and you know where where do I want to spend my time and you know you suddenly you do suddenly start to experience life differently when you've got that different perspective. Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with One Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Yeah, because it's just being in the moment, isn't it? It's just like, this is a wooden seat, you know, like in front of me or something. Do you know what I mean? It's just like... Like you're saying, I think that's really interesting because I'm, I'm going to go away and try that later, the whole hand thing. But I do think like what you're saying about it's like when you see people again and you haven't really noticed the fact, you know, I wonder if that's when people, um, you know, you go, no, you've met me before and they're going, no, you never really haven't. That's kind of a similar situation, isn't it? But you get really offended by people, but actually they're just not present. That's probably what's going yeah. on, isn't it? And I think that's probably a bigger pandemic, if you like, than what we are experiencing right now in the sense that we are, you know, that's culturally, I think, why we're being pushed to is being so busy that we're never present right now. Very, um, isn't and, it? Though? Yeah, it really is. And I think um, when you start, what I find, what for me, what happened for me and, 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 and sort of what clients have described for me is that you suddenly, it's like waking up. It's like waking up from this, like, walk, sleepwalking. And you suddenly look around you start realizing how many people are walking around not experiencing their life you're not actually in their life and you know not with their children and not with their loved ones even when they're with them and you know and there's there's no blame with that it's actually one of the biggest things that i find people need to do when they get present is then open up to be able to be compassionate to themselves about what they how they've been and how they've been experiencing things because you know, you can suddenly get hit with a really massive dollop of, you know, the inner critic telling you how useless you are, you know, how badly you've been living your life. And actually, you know, that's not helpful. And it doesn't actually help you to start using this new presence to create something that's meaningful. Instead, you just dive straight back into whatever the things you're doing to distract yourself, um, because it feels painful at first to experience, you know, just how disconnected you've been yeah and sometimes i think people only come back into the present moment to hear the criticism don't they and then they yeah. sort of go back into that kind of place where i think if you learn partly i i feel meditation for me has um just brought me back to being again actually uh, and of course the hand in hand with mindfulness as well because i was just like hands up will say that i was one of those people who would be like I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. And I constantly kept doing it. And it's like, I've got a bad memory. It's like, no, no, actually, when I look at it now and talking to you now, I go, no, that's a complete lie. I didn't have a bad memory. I just wasn't being present. I wasn't yeah. connected in the moment. And that's the truth, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I think a lot of people, I mean, I know for me, my biggest challenge was I was really, 
I mean, I was like world-class overthinking, you know, that I would be you know, rehearsing conversations or playing over and over the same conversation I'd had and working out, oh, did they think this of me? Or what did I think of, oh God, I was such an idiot, you know, and I had such a dialogue going on that, you know, that was what took me away from being present was all the judging and all of the kind of worrying and, and, and instead of, yeah, and it, and it, and it just sort of erodes any capacity for joy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, people hate saying the new normal, but that is something that people can really think about coming out of lockdown or however this is going to pan out or whatever, you know, we are all sitting here waiting for whatever the next message is, whatever this is. And well, quite frankly, I'm not, I've turned the news off because I got so bored of it. Um, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, like we're all coming out and, like it was that uh, for me it was a the, the moment when you know prime minister said you can all go outside and exercise for an hour and more people than ever than i knew started exercising yes yeah, so true and uh, suddenly we're really grateful for yeah such tiny pleasures you know it's the present being the present moment but we should do that with everything though shouldn't we yeah and i think if we could do, I know, like I went to, um, I'm not a runner. I'm not somebody that particularly enjoys running at all, but I do try and go to this running club. Um, and it's very non-competitive. It's really nice. I hadn't been for ages before lockdown because it always clashed with a school pickup. And I managed to go for the first time last week. We did like a socially distanced one. And oh my God, I've never enjoyed a run so much. It was just like the, almost like the, it was almost like euphoric being with other people and just, <laughs> you know, it was, and I thought, gosh, you know, that I, I hope that we, I know, I mean, our human tendency is to habituate and to, to not, you know, to stop seeing that, you know, if we do something often, we just, it becomes, we, we, we lose our curiosity about it. And that's the bit, if you can, can you hold on to wonder and curiosity and really treasure and slow down um, but we have to slow down to be able to hold on to that and um, because it's speed that we have with that we race through life that stops us yeah i i also want to say so during lockdown I, my new thing that i started was that i read that book the miracle morning um i don't know if you oh, yeah read it, but that i've come across it. i haven't read it all but it's, it's where you have like you basically have a, a whole series of things that you do in the morning isn't it yeah yeah um, and one of those things is to meditate really early on. Um, and I have found out for me personally, meditating in the morning does really suit me because I am a, I'm a morning person. I'm, you know, hugely annoying. I do like getting up early. And <laughs> the thing is, I think I wear myself out and by about, <laughs> by about half nine, I'm ready to go to bed. But like, <laughs> I, um, you're great value for a couple of hours. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I found that like for me, meditating in the morning, it just really, really helps me um, perk my day up and really, I don't know, I work better. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on work 24 seven anyway. I'm a bit kind of, uh, but I love what I do. So, you know, it, it just helps me come up with a lot more ideas and stuff. But then I've had friends been going, you know, like, I don't really like getting up that early. Uh, but like we say, one size doesn't fit all. And you can do this anytime, can't you? Yeah, and I think, because often people will say to me, everyone, everyone wants a formula, don't they? Of like, you know, tell me when I should do these things. Tell me what to do. And actually, I love, there's a Deepak Chopra quote where he says, the best meditation practice is the one you actually do. And I love that because it's so true of like, you know what, if you're a six snoozer before you're out of bed and, you know, you're, you're never going to be that morning person. And if you try to, you're going to fail and then you're going to feel rubbish. <laughs> um, you know, maybe you're a, a cup of tea after lunch kind of meditator. You know, that, yeah. And actually, if, if you've already got a window, if you've already got something that you have a routine for, you know, attach it to that. And, you know, one of the things that I used to do for my second, because I meditate twice a day usually, um, and my second meditation, I would sometimes struggle to fit it in. And then what I started to do was when I picked up the kids from school, I just changed my, you know, you almost have like a drop dead, I must leave the house by this time, otherwise I'm going to be late kind of moment. And you always end up like just skating under the line for that. Um, I just mentally changed that by 10 minutes so that my absolute drop dead was 10 minutes earlier. And then I'd get to school 10 minutes early and I would meditate in the car, in the car park. And it was just like almost like this free time that I would have just scrolled on my phone or, um, you know, and, and it was that really How helped me. How would you do that uh, I'd, I'd just be like a 10 minute in the afternoon um, and um, 10 or 20 depending on how organized I was but it made such a difference to how I was when the kids got in the car I was like I was like I was like fresh mum 
not carrying the day with me mum and you know and, and I was able to really listen to what they were saying and not feel like I had to jump in with you know the questions and the, it just it really made a difference to how I felt um, although there was one day that when I was doing it so I was living in Australia at the time and and um, it was really hot, it was about 30 odd degrees. And so I had the engine on with the air conditioning, which is not very eco-friendly, but I, and I got, the only place I could get a park was quite near the entrance. And so I had the engine on, I was closed my eyes, I was meditating. And then I hear voices outside saying, is she all right? <laughs> and it was a couple of friends of mine had seen me and they were like, really weren't, they're like tapping on the window going, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I was like, I was just meditating. But it's funny because you sort of, it's kind of, it's a weird one with meditation because it does it often feel like it's this sort of secret thing, you know, that you you kind of, yeah, you know, somebody comes in the room when you're... about it, isn't it? Yeah, you kind of, somebody walks in the room and you're meditating, you kind of leap up and pretend you weren't doing anything, you know, that... Um, <laughs> uh, so I've got better at that. And now everybody in my house, you know, everybody's like, oh, mum's meditating. Um, but yeah, that was a very funny... Yeah, so I would say, if you're going to do it at school, make sure you park far away. <laughs> so yeah, that you don't get anyone thinking that you <laughs> that's funny so that but I do funny, think that's people's paranoia because I often say to people you know like you're at work just go to the loo and sit in the loo just yeah there or something and or, or again like in the car so, uh, people's thing is like oh but what if somebody sees me it's like you're just closing yeah. your eyes <laughs> and I always say like because people when they when I um, suggest to clients that they do it on the train I say just pop your headphones in and close your eyes and nobody people just think you're listening to music yeah um you know and that's a good or because I yeah I'll do it on a a bench or you know I'll do it anywhere really now and and now I've now I've kind of freed myself from that self-consciousness um just through exposure um it it feels really liberating to think I can just do this anywhere um and it's it doesn't have to feel like the special circumstances which makes a big difference to how doable it is so if somebody has never ever done it before and they're listening to us now and they say right I'm going to start tomorrow what would you say but but I'm not really sure you know what would you say just how would you say to start what's the best way to start tomorrow I would say um find do do a guided meditation um you know sitting on you're sitting in silence with yourself for five minutes you know could feel like a lifetime but being guided through can really help to just help your mind to stay with with something um, so that would be my advice um, and and you know, people can download a free meditation from my website a five minute one which is my hands down my most popular meditation um, is this five minute one and it's on insight timer which is a free app so I would, the other option is to download the, the free app insight timer and they can look up my name and you know they could literally just try a five minute meditation um, but I would say Whatever you find a guided meditation, you, you'll find one that you like, a voice that you like, you know, and don't give up. If you listen to one, you think, oh, I can't bear listening to that. Just find another one and, um, you know, start really small. And it can be as, even one minute a day counts. Yeah. Any time. Just give it a go. That's really the way, isn't it? Any time. Yeah. Any time that you, yeah, any time that you close your eyes and you consciously choose to turn inwards. And it's almost like, I think of it as like breaking contact. You know, you break contact with the outside world for a moment. Well, anytime you do that, you're meditating. Yeah. And like you were saying, actually, because that was another question, but you've already answered it, was, you know, like in lockdown, it's got really intense with children, trying to get them off games, you know, like all this kind of stuff. So you're feeling quite frustrated quite a lot of the time. But actually, like in most things, we should sort of step back. But actually, like you were saying earlier, just like be fresh for the kids because it's not actually their fault either. I mean, we're all just so close proximity, aren't we? Um, yeah. but, but I would say to the people who've asked that question, just just find your five minutes in the day because it will make you much calmer and you will feel full pressure, as you say. Well, we all have a scroll time. We all have a scroll time in our day. We do. You know, that's the reality. And one of the things, you know, the another sort of thing that people ask me is about in terms of children and meditation is like, how do I get my kids to do it? And I know my kids would benefit. And actually, one of the biggest things I think you can do is to meditate yourself because my kids, you know, they, they when I first started meditating, they it used to be so annoying. You know, it was almost like they had a sixth sense for when I was going to meditate. And they'd be like, mom, mom, mom. But very quickly, because I kind of like, mom's meditating now. So when I've got my eyes closed and I had a timer on my phone, I like, and so they would creep in 
and they would look at the timer and they'd see, you know, and sometimes I'd open my eyes and there'd be one child like sort of sat like waiting for the timer to go off. Um, and they very quickly saw, you know, and, and in fact, my son will say to me now, you know, if I'm kind of a bit ah, with him, he's like, mom, I think you should go meditate. And, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, you're probably right, actually. <laughs> you know, so they have, they have, you know, they, I mean, my daughter, she's 13. You know, she claims, she's like, she calls it fake news. She's like, you know, she, they, they you know, it's like anything that mum does is totally uncool. But I kind of catch them. I catch them doing meditation, you know, in their own way. And yeah. I know that they see how I live. And that has changed, you know, the language that we use and how we talk. So, you know, if you will, if you really want to want to make it happen in your family, don't. I made the mistake of trying to mandate meditation. I was like, my son had quite severe anxiety and I was like, right, meditation's the answer. You're going to meditate. And I was like, pinned him down to force him to meditate. And it did calm him down, but it made him completely resistant. So please don't do that. Just do it yourself. They'll see the change in you and they'll want some of that action. Yeah, that's really, really good advice, actually, because I think a lot of mums did sort of panic when children were feeling anxious and wanted them to do it before they did it you know it's like it's that kind of like no 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 you've got to put your your life jacket on first kind of thing yeah meditation isn't it yeah exactly exactly that so I think um in terms of um you've given some really really great advice here but people can actually join you online can't they in class yeah so I've got yeah I've got a I've got a, a free Facebook community so I, um, I, on every Monday at 2.15, I do a live meditation and there's various sort of things going on in there in that group. Um, uh, I, I have a membership community as well, but uh, there's sort of the doors are, aren't open for that again until October. So it's kind of a, a kind of a, a closed thing until then. So you can join us in the free community. And I work, I do have one-to-one clients as well um, that I work with um, to sort of take people on that journey to really change how they experience life. And I also work with corporates and um, do talks for various, I'm doing things, you know, anything from Women's Institute to, you know, an architect firm, you know, I mean, I really do see an awful lot of people. So, um, yeah, I think the most, what I'm passionate about is whatever your entry point is, just dip your toes in, just get started and you'll be amazed, you know, at what it can lead to. Have you, who's been your most difficult, what's been your most challenging person, do you think? My husband. <laughs> where is that now? He's now he, he, is a, he is a regular meditator now, um, but he doesn't, he doesn't practice with me. Like we've kind of, we've realized that actually, you know, he's just, it just doesn't, it, you know, sometimes the people who are closest to you are just, you're just not the right person to teach them something. So, yeah. um, but he has seen the change in me. And so he has, um, he has now, off his own back he's gone and found his own journey with it um but I'd say generally I've been really lucky that that you know I've I've just had really lovely clients and had some great experiences and you know so I feel yeah I feel very lucky and blessed with that no it's really nice and you know I'm a big believer in it and I actually Laura you're just so full of knowledge when it comes to it and I think that's what makes people feel really comfortable I think you know like just even even the snippets of information that you give um, it all just makes so much sense in terms of why meditation is something um, that people should try and also I think to remind people that you know like if you say oh I tried it, it didn't work it's a practice isn't it you've got to practice yeah. it yeah, find it. Find the way that works for you, but don't give up. No, and uh, you know, like uh, I mean, if people are, I mean, it's like anything. People, if it doesn't work, if they go and see somebody and it doesn't work the first time, some people are reluctant to kind of go back again. But I think with meditation, you've got to keep going with it. And there's a style for everybody, like you said already. Um, but I think uh, I'm really, really would say any time of your life. Um, even you know from any age really um it works well in any scenario doesn't it for any situation or making you feel calmer or anything yeah and i think i think also you know you don't necessarily you sometimes sometimes what you find with meditation is it actually means you experience you're not you're sort of you're not trying to get rid of the experiences and trying to make it calm you're just you're dropping into whatever's experience you're having and and if you sit with it you will get through it to the calm 
the calm is always there it's like it's like that there's a um, a quote called you are you are the sky everything else is just the weather and you know that the blue sky no matter how rainy and choppy and horrible the weather is the blue sky is always there and that's like for us you know the stillness and the blue skies are always there so it's just about being able to witness the weather coming and going and knowing that you know you can be the, the sort of, you can be in that space where you can just be the witness instead of being caught up in the storm and feeling buffeted around and and like you you'd have no control it, it allows you to just you know tap into a stillness that it, it goes beyond you know the day-to-day -day and, and the physical things that happen to you yeah no that's really good advice really good so obviously you've told us about the groups um do you want to t what what are the name of all the groups and where can we find you so you can you can find my website which is bemodernmeditation.com and in facebook i have a page called be modern meditation and the facebook group is called be community um and i think the link to that is in facebook groups and it's be meditation community i believe it's called great um, and, and you, and you can also there. download your apps as well can you download yeah the... so insight timer insight timer is the meditation app and it's a free app and you can just search my name in there and um and i also have I've a youtube channel, a channel as, well. as well oh insight time is brilliant it's got like thirty five thousand meditations in it it's 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 used by 10 million people worldwide it's actually one of the most used meditation apps but because it's free um you can there is an option to pay for um to be able to listen um offline but it's 100 percent free and they're really committed to that which i love um but there's such a wide because that's the other thing i say to people is don't don't you know if i said to you you can go to the gym but you can only do one exercise for the rest of your life you'd be like oh my god that's so boring so the beauty of of insight timer is that you can find your core you know how you like at the gym even you have like your core exercises that you do that build strength but then you do have those other things that you add to keep it interesting well insight timer allows you to do that because it has you can search by how long have i got by what type of meditation by you maybe you want sound or you know so it's really it's a really you know if you're going to have a scroll on instagram instead of doing that have a scroll in insight timer and just bookmark some things to try and yeah it's really good and it means that you you just keep it fresh because that's the other thing for me is that so like with my membership community for example we um we have a different theme each month that we're taught learning about in terms of knowledge and then each week we have a theme but and within that i'm just kind of creating new meditations every day around that theme so that it isn't just you know boring and it's not people don't get into a rut of just going oh it's about keeping it alive and keeping it interesting um whilst you know whilst still allowing the fact that you are going to you know that, that sometimes your mind will resist and say oh it's so boring i don't want to meditate you're going to get that but if you know that there's sort of something dynamic going on for you as well it just means that you can keep that momentum yeah yeah so you can just pick whatever one you want to kind of go with can't you and you might you might have a different mood the next time that you do it so um try another one yeah. you know as long as you've kind of as long as you're not yeah as long as you're not sort of doing the kind of candy shop you know style like you you there you do have to there is that balancing act of needing to have some some kind of constancy so that you um you know it's a bit like again i keep using gym analogies but um you know that you you don't want to avoid the discomfort of like you know to build a muscle you do have to have some discomfort don't you of, yeah, of repetitive course. action so if you apply the same meditation you you can't just cherry pick you know what feels fun today um because sometimes what's going on in our mind isn't fun and we have to actually allow ourselves to experience it so meditation isn't about distracting you from your experience but it's about giving you a container where you can experience whatever's happening in your mind um, without being carried away by it yeah it's been so good to talk to you laura and i think everything that you've told us today has been so useful i mean i've taken loads of notes actually while we're doing this because oh, and i love meditation and i'm really into it but i just think um i've learned even more of you today i mean i've read quite a lot of books is there any books that you recommend for people to read as well um i i think the work of john cabot zinn is a really nice start point um he that book wherever you go there you are which is quite a nice introduction to meditation and mindfulness um there and there's um gosh there's so many actually but that would be a good place to start i would say if you really want a kind of simple um start point for 
understanding the concepts that sit behind it. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate You're your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, and as well as finding Laura on Bee Meditation, you can also find you on Wildlife Tribe as well because you're part of the tribe now. Yes. Aren't you? Um, and yes. Uh, yeah, no, do look Laura up. And I do think for those people who are still wondering about meditation, I, I really personally see what Dina is talking about. I think Laura will make you feel so comfortable about it. And you know, going back to your ninja skills, you know, people should definitely, for me personally, I, I, and I'm saying this from the heart, that Laura is the person definitely you want to talk to. So thank you again, Laura. It's been really cool to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Bye. Thanks a lot. Bye.